wow, I have been away. And it's, it's, uh, it's great to get away because you also realize when you go away, just when you come back, how good it is. It is so good in here. The worship is great in here. Hey, Ange, I loved you sharing there. I also feel that uh, even that blueprint thing is for you and Tony as well. I just uh, had that picture while you were up there for both of you. So, yeah, great sharing. I love that. Love that. 2009. Same, same. I also got here. I also got here. I came along to this church in 2009 as well. And it's changed my life. Jesus has changed my life, but being together with you people... Because God uses people to change our lives. The preaching of his word, the worship, hanging out together, groups, all those things are all part of what changes our life. We need each other. We're for each other. We're the body of Christ. So, you know, Pastor John and Dan, they're actually in Darwin uh, at the moment. So I, I, I just want to honor them, even though they're not here. I love our pastors. I love their vision. And I love their, uh, how they stand they continue to stand. Sometimes things aren't easy, but they stand. They stand. They've got a vision. That they're taking us on board with it. And they care and love us. So right now, let's just give a hand to our senior ministers. Yeah, I've been to uh, Vietnam, actually. Has anyone been to Vietnam? Is anyone Vietnamese? Ah, oh, I was going to test out my, you know... See if it was like, you know, but it was, it was great there. I loved it. I'd never been there before. I went there with my sons. I have got a couple of pictures, not at half an hour, so don't worry. So let's have the one with the hats first, please. Yeah, look at us there. This is in the Mekong Delta. We're like looking the part, you know. You can take that down. But I've got to tell you, I blended in. From the day I got there, I was up uh, having my breakfast and I just got up for something, and then someone comes in and goes, can we sit anywhere? They think I'm Vietnamese. <laughs> that first day, I'm out, you know, I'm just walking along the sidewalk with, with some people, and, and the, someone stops, they wind their window down, this Vietnamese lady starts, like to me, I'm like, I don't know, Sun <laughs> Chiao. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I just blended in. I mean, this was happening to me everywhere. Every, every, everywhere, everywhere I went, everyone's going, where are you from? <laughs> but uh, even uh, I had a massage and they were going, where, where are you from? And I, they went, oh, we thought you were from Thailand. <laughs> or, or I landed in Singapore. Actually, we got delayed, so we spent a, an extra day in Singapore. It was great. Singapore Airlines put us up. Uh, there were just problems out on the runway or something like that. But anyway, I go to breakfast in Singapore. This guy comes up, do you work here? I'm thinking, like, what's going on with this? But I realise, you know, like, wherever I go, I do fit. I blend in. I'm a child of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm a daughter of a living God. So he makes me belong wherever I am. I belong. So I have got a couple of pictures. Like, let's put the first one up, number one. Oh, look at this. How beautiful is this place? It's Halong Bay. The second one. And this is what happens. <laughs> you go from that beauty and the re relaxation. I'm on, a, I'm on a scooter. I'm not driving it. Don't worry. But look at, this is what it's like. This is normal traffic. Nuts, isn't it? And they all drive crazy. But do you know what? Never saw one accident because they go with the flow. 
They just like, all just like, like when you cross the road there, you just start and hope for the best. No, you don't. Like you actually hold your arms out like this and then you just start walking and they just go around you. It's just incredible. But anyway, next one. Oh, that's beautiful, right? That's in way, that's the uh, old capital. The, the, and, and the last one. Oh, bees. I, I got to tell you, that happened by accident because, you know, I got stung by wasps a few years ago and I think I might be a little bit allergic because my, my feet look like um, loaves of bread. <laughs> like they just, you can take that down. They, like, like they puffed up something shocking, but there were like 10 wasps stung me at the same time. And, and so we go to this place, we visit, it's that they make, they, you know, got honey, they're making honey and that, and they get this thing out and I'm like standing back because I'm thinking like, it's all good. I'm watching from here. She walks straight up to me and she goes, you hold? I'm like, oh, no, no, you hold, you hold. I'm like, I'm like, oh, the bees. And they're like, oh, relaxed bees. They're relaxed bees. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not sure if I'm relaxed. But, but anyway, but, but, but it was okay. She gave it to me and seriously, they were relaxed bees. Like, I like that. So I loved it. I love I loved my trip away. But it's, it's great to be home and it's great to be back. And you might even be here today and you've never been along to a church or, or you haven't been for a while. And, and I, I just want to say, like, hey, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And a little bit later, you know, you're going to see why we're here, why we follow God, why we want to be in the house of God, why we want to worship together. And, and I will give you an opportunity a little later on uh, when you see why to invite Jesus into your heart as well. So we're starting a new series. It's called A Servant-Hearted Worshipping Warrior because that's what God is making us, servant-hearted worshipping warriors. You know, I'm gonna, I know it's a little bit of a tongue twister, but I'm going to get you to say it. Ready? Go. Servant-hearted worshipping warriors. Very good. Very good. I hope you said it online. You didn't, did you? You just were watching. Like, anyway... Come on, join in, join in. Now, <laughs> so, so in our Christian journey, God sometimes lead up, leads us uh, on a wilderness test. The season is about God developing us to become a servant-hearted, worshipping warrior. And in this series, on the ne- over the next two weeks, we'll be unpacking how we can become the people that God has actually called us to be. Because you are called. So it's how he calls us to be through the wilderness test. Pastor John, he shared a message. It was on the first night of Powerhouse Conference. And I encourage you to listen to that. It's actually on our podcast and uh, it's on our YouTube channel as well. You can just, on our YouTube, you can put in wilderness test and his, the video of it will come up. It's an incredible message. Please watch it. Because even if you're not in the wilderness now, there probably will be a time when you will be. Because before we enter into God's promises and his purposes in our lives, it's inevitable that we'll go through a season of testing. So a wilderness test. And this was Pastor John's definition, is a God-ordained season you go through to prepare you for God's purpose and promises. Wilderness is a preparation season. It's a preparation. So I'm going to talk about a servant-hearted, worshipping warrior. His name is David from the Bible. Yeah, oh, look, David's like, yeah, David, this David, that David. Whose name is David? Oh, wow, that's great. Do you know what your name means? Beloved. How good's that? 
It's good to be, hello, David. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so anyway, David, he was a servant-hearted, worshipping warrior. So we're going to look at his life throughout this. You know, to his older, older brothers, because he had seven older brothers, like he was probably, like, he was like, he might have been the runt of the family. He might have been, like he was the youngest. He was possibly a pest. To his father, he might have been just another son. But to others, he might have been a shepherd boy. But to God, David was the one destined to be the king of Israel. And not just any king. He was from the bloodline from which Jesus would come. Boom, just like that. Shepherd boy, son, younger, annoying brother. But no, but God. But to God, David, he was destined. David was chosen. In 1 Samuel 16, God reveals to Samuel, Samuel's a prophet in the Bible, that he had rejected Saul, who was the first king, and had chosen one of Jesse's sons. That's David's father. Jesse's sons to be the replacement. So in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his outward appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. He's talking about Saul. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's true. Haven't there been times where you know that people are looking at the outward appearance? But the Lord, he doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. He knows you. He knows your inner being. He knows your every thought, and he cares about you. So Sam, like they go to, uh, Samuel goes to Jesse's house, and he says to Jesse, get all your sons there because one of them is going to be the king, is going to be anointed. God tells him to go and anoint one of Jesse's sons. So he lines up. He doesn't call David. David's out looking after the sheep. He doesn't call him in. He, but he gets his other seven sons out because obviously it's going to be one of them because the first one, he's older, he's good looking. It says this in the Bible, like he's handsome, he's probably muscly, he's probably got it all happening. He probably goes to the gym 40 times a day, whatever it is. But so Samuel looks at him and he thinks, oh, Eliab, you know, like that's one of the, the brothers think, oh, it must be him. So he, he goes, oh, is it him, God? And God goes, nah, it's not him. So the seven of them, they're there, you know, one passes, nah, it's not him. Next one, nope. Not him. Nope, not him. He gets to the seventh one, and Samuel's probably thinking, oh, I hope it's him, because like we're running out of sons here, and you've just told me to anoint one of Jesse's sons. Seventh one, nope, it's not him. So Samuel turns to Jesse, and he goes, do you have any more? Like, is, there any, is there any more sons? And he goes, well, yes, there is one, the youngest one, but he's out tending to the sheep. And they're like, get him in here, get him in. And as soon as he walks in, Samuel knows it's him because God tells him to rise up and anoint him as king. Boom, you know, David, he was overlooked. He was uninvited. His dad didn't even invite him. Overlooked, uninvited, but he was handpicked by God. Overlooked, uninvited, but handpicked by God. I know some of you, even in this moment, are thinking, well, you know, I've had moments that I've been overlooked. I've had moments when I've been uninvited. But you need to know that you are handpicked by God. 
God has handpicked you for your plan, for your purpose. You are handpicked. Even right now, Julie Hauser, you are handpicked by God. Don't ever, ever think that you're not. You are handpicked by God. Right now, I just see the presence of God on you. He wants you to know that. I've chosen you. I've anointed you. I've called you. I've put a plan and a purpose on the inside of you. You are handpicked by God. So David, overlooked, uninvited, but handpicked by God. So David was anointed to become king, but it was actually many years before David became the king. Many years. So where did he go in between that time? You know, he's just got anointed to be the king. What happened to him? Like, did he go to, like, king training school? Where did he go? He went back out to tend to the sheep. He went back out to serve. He went back out. Nothing, you know, something had changed in the spirit, but nothing had actually changed in the natural for him. Sometimes right now in this room, I feel that there are things changing in the spirit for you. Things are changing in the spirit, and it might not look any different, but when something's changed in the spirit, you know that you are on the way to fulfill whatever it is. So anyway... He didn't go. He went back out into the fields. He continued to be a shepherd of his flock. He continued to serve. And as he was serving in his every day, he got his character got refined in the fields of everyday life to prepare him for his calling. So, so things went smoothly for a while. I mean, David, he started serving Saul in the palace. He worked in the king's court. He, uh, David, he de- defeated Goliath. I mean, if you've not heard of that story before, you need to read that because it's the best story ever. I love it. You know, slingshot, boom, right in there, cuts his head off with the sword. Anyway, it's a great story. If you don't know it, read it. It's great. David, he's a giant slayer. He kills Goliath. Uh, He got to marry the king's daughter. So, you know, things are like smooth for David. Like, things are going good. But what happens? He gets too popular. Well, not that there's the thing, but he gets too popular for Saul. Saul is the king at the moment still. Saul becomes jealous, and he turned against David and wanted to kill him. David had to run for his life. You know, Saul was his father-in-law. Remember, he just married the king's daughter? His father-in-law threw javelins at him, like chased him down. So for 13 years, he ran from Saul. He was a fugitive. He was on the run. You know, the journey took him out into the wilderness. He hid in caves. He escaped around mountains. His life was constantly under threat. They were searching to kill him. They wanted to kill him. So he faced loneliness. He faced isolation. He faced physical hardships. He faced mental stress. He, He faced fear for his life. He faced enemies and spies. He faced uncertainty and danger and adversity. This is what the wilderness can feel like. Have you ever felt lonely? Have you ever felt fearful? Have you ever felt like everything's against you? That's what the wilderness can actually feel like. It can feel like that. It can feel like things are uncertain. Even in uncertainty, when you don't know where you're going, when you don't know, uh, it might be you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. That's uncertainty. It can feel like a wilderness. That's what, and, and it can arise unexpectedly. It can happen just like that. But despite the challenges that David went through in the wilderness, it was a massive period of spiritual growth for him. He wrote many of the Psalms in the Bible during this time, pouring out his heart to God and deepening 
his relationship with him. So instead of just like rolling up into a ball and doing nothing, he grew spiritually. And this is what we can do if, if we're in a wilderness. And it may not be that uh, God is taking you through a wilderness of hard times, but perhaps you are in hard times, like facing a financial struggle or a health struggle. There's two things that I feel that uh, will be good for any person that wants to grow their relationship with God. And the first one is to study God's word. And I don't say read the word. Uh, you know, a lot of time I'll say read the Bible, and that's great reading the Bible, but I'll say study because, you know, we can read things. And I used to read the Bible in a year every year. I used to do the Bible in a year and go through it. But what use is it if I read the whole thing and nothing sticks? What good is it if I read it and nothing changes my heart? What good is it if I read it and nothing gets a hold of me to want to do the call of God in my life? So that's why I say study the Word of God. Study, and, and so, you know, maybe it's just reading a chapter or a paragraph or a scripture and getting it deep on the inside of you where you think, yes, I'm going to do this. You know, the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. I used to say, say that one because whenever fear would come, whenever uh, I, I would feel like, oh, things are against me, I think, well, but the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. The Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. And I would feel his presence beside me like a mighty warrior and nothing Nothing can defeat him. So there's whatever it is that, that you need in the word of God, you know, you, it's like medicine. It's like medicine. You've got to get the right word for whatever it is that you want in your life. If you're having, uh, you know, if you need family restoration, you look up scriptures that are going to say, you know, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Whatever it is, whatever it is, look up scripture. That, like you don't have a headache and then stick a Band-Aid on your head. Do you? Because it's not going to help. So if you, you're angry, you don't look for all the prosperity and success scriptures. Because they're not going to help your anger. You look at what will help your anger. You know, don't let the sun go down with you being in anger. Do not sin. Don't let the sun go down. It's okay if you get angry in the morning. You got all, you got right until nighttime, right? But yeah, but other than that, like, gosh, imagine if you get angry at six o'clock or something. It's like, oh, you haven't got too much time. But anyway, but, but what you do is you get the word of God for the situation. Get the word of God that will build you. So number one, study the word. Number two is time with God. Give him the time doesn't actually matter what you do in that time, but give him the time, whether it's reading the word of God, whether it's praying, whether it's worshiping. Relationships cannot be maintained without time. Relationships with your family cannot be maintained without time. You can say, oh, you know, I'm going to have a great relationship with my family. Spend no time with them. <laughs> it's not happening, is it? Whatever you give your time to is what you will build. Even, uh, I was on a tour when I went to Vietnam and there were eight of us, including my two sons, eight of us in the group and, and our guide. We were together for 10 days. By the end of it, I teared up when we were hugging each other goodbye. I never knew them before that. 
But it was the time. We had meals together. We talked together. We swam together. We were at the, you know, we're in each other's presence. It's, a, it's that time, the time, the time. Time makes a difference. And you know it, when your family come to stay and, and they're there and, you know, even if it might be annoying a bit, when they, actually, when they actually go, it feels like something's empty, something's left. Because it's time. It's time that builds. So spend time with God. So study the Word of God and spend time with God. Spend time with Him. More than anything else, you need to spend time with God. Put your time for Him in your calendar. Don't fit Him in after. He needs quality time. So study the Word of God and spend time with Him. Uh, years ago, I tore my Achilles. Not a happy camper, I've got to tell you, because I like, like, you know, walking, running, whatever it was. And now I've got a boot on for nine weeks. Got this boot. I had to have my leg elevated for the first few weeks. Honestly, I was so not happy. I hated it. I hated it because it, was, it changed my whole life. I couldn't hardly move. It was just annoying. And then I was on crutches for six weeks. It was winter time. It was just annoying. And I fought it at first. It was a real wilderness for me because it just knocked my whole normal life stuffed it right up as far as I was concerned and the first few days oh man I was crying I was like I'm like I was angry I'm thinking I hate this and then some angel came and gave me some healing videos like that's Prue down here gave me some healing DVDs and I started to watch them and they started to change me on the inside and then I started watching other, you know, uh, got preaching and stuff like that, but it was building me up on the inside. At the end of nine weeks, like, I, like, burst out of that time. Like, it was like, yeah! No, because do you know what? Uh, even when you, something happens to you physically, your spirit is still alive. You can still build your spirit. So. Take the time when you're in a wilderness to build yourself. It changed me. It really changed me. You know, let your test become your testimony. Do that. Let, let it become. So David, like he, he prayed to be tested. Yeah, I've done this once or twice, but I don't really do it too much. Like in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point anything out in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. We can, he asked to be tested. He wanted to be like, show me, show me God. What am I offended with? Who do I need to forgive? We can do that. But to be servant-hearted, worshiping warriors, warriors now I'll get to my points. <laughs> you know, you've got to have endurance because really if you've had victory in your life of any kind, at some point you endured. You endured it. Whether it's getting a job, whether it's buying a house, there's a, if you've had any kind of victory in your life, you have endured before you get there. You've persisted before you get there. So God wants us to develop to servant-hearted worshiping warriors. So the first point, servant-hearted. So David, he tended the sheep, he served his brothers. He was a, an accomplished musician. And the word got out. And then Saul thought, oh, you know, I'm having anxious things. Like, get me a musician, get me a harpist. And because people knew about David, they got David. So they called upon David to play to Saul, to soothe his mind. Do you know that uh, our gifts 
place us before great men. Like in Proverbs 18, 16, it says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Your gifts, as you serve, people will see. People you don't even expect to see will bring you before great men because serving leads to destiny. Second point, worshipping. In Psalm 100, verse 2, it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. David had a worshipper's heart, but he worshipped not only in tribulation, he worshipped in triumph. Doesn't matter what we're going through, whether it's good, whether it's bad, we need to worship God. Worship him. It can change your heart. He's a man after God's heart. In Matthew 18, 19, it says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Come alongside people. Two people, I used to have battle buddies. There were two of them. We called ourselves the battle buddies. There were three of us. This is years ago. would be about 15 years ago. Um, And we used to meet every Wednesday night to worship and pray for two hours on a Wednesday, and I did that for two years. I was a fairly new Christian. I didn't even know what I was building on the inside of me, but I I just, we all felt to do it and just loved it for no particular reason. We just wanted to get it, grow in our relationship with God. That two years set me up for the call of God on my life. Be a worshiper. Come alongside someone. Be accountable. We can do that. And the third thing is a warrior. You know, God, uh, he's given us authority to rule and reign over our lives, over the earth, through Christ Jesus. In Luke 10, 19, it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. This is the word of God. He's given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. So when you feel and sense something coming to you, you have authority to stand. You have authority to say, go. You have authority to say, no, not. Not in my family, not on my watch, no. Like you, you got the authority to stand and this is where your battle buddies come in, your groups come in and they, you get together and think like, no, we're gonna stand. We're gonna stand together. We're gonna praise God. We're gonna lift it up. We're gonna say no, no. We have authority. There's no point in having authority uh, that God has given us unless we put it to work. So you can stand by uh, written, written, you know, it says, it is written. Jesus used the word of God. He said, it is written. It is written by declarations. As for me and my family, we shall serve the Lord. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Whatever your scriptures are, declare it in Jesus' name. Lord, grow us in wisdom and stature and the favour of God and man. Whatever the word of it, declare it over your lives. It is power. Be a warrior. Stand. In Psalm 144, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. God trains us. His Holy Spirit trains us for war. Gives our fingers skill for battle. So, you know, being in a wilderness... Sometimes don't get out of it prematurely. Don't get out of it too early. Take the time. 
Like, what are you doing, God? What are you doing in me? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, God? Do you want me to be more in the Word? What is it? You know, do you want me to pray with a battle buddy? Whatever it is. Don't try and get out of the pressure too early because God sometimes uses that to grow you. So in Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord is my shield. He's my strength. We need to know that we get through things because of God, because he's our strength. He's our shield. He gives us victory when we look to him because we are servant-hearted, worshiping warriors. And it's not about what we do. It's about who we are. I want to be a servant-hearted, worshipping warrior. You know, because that, I feel, is the, the call of every Christian. We want to do that. Like, if you can just close your eyes, I'd love to pray for you. I thank you, Lord, that you're here. I thank you, Father, that you've called each and every one of us. I thank you, Lord, that even in this time, you're developing us into servant-hearted, worshipping warriors. Father, we worship you. We lift you up. We thank you, Lord, for your word that is powerful and is life and is sharp. We thank you, Lord, for clarity. We thank you, Lord, for wise decisions. We thank you, Lord, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that we might know you better. We thank you, Lord, that we know that you're for us and not against us. We thank you, Lord, that we can stand in your authority, Father, against the wiles of the enemy. We thank you, Father, for our families, for our friendships, for our relationships. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for every person in here today. Lord, as you pour out your spirit upon each person, Lord, I pray that you would stir them up, stir up the gift within them, Father. Stir up the gift within them and place them before great men. Place them before people that will see their gift and it will be used in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you.